Hello and welcome to Indie Dotes, the podcast for independent creators. I'm Susan Bond, your host. I'm also the founder of Bet On Yourself. Today I have Bobby Lee Hartman on the show. Um, and Bobby Lee is a software engineer and independent event producer. Welcome to the show. Hi. So um, I know you run a bunch of events, and, and I was really particularly interested in um, one of the, I don't know if it's the first, but one of the first I was aware of, which is um, Rails Camp. And I wondered if you could kind of tell me, you know, maybe the story of how that got started. Yeah. So basically, I had this idea, and I kept going to conferences a lot, and I was always thinking I'd rather, you know, be outside and not in big cities and staying in hotels, and it just isn't. You know, I don't really like big cities and stuff, so I kind of talked about it a little bit or thought about starting something, but I didn't know. I was always looking for something. And so then I was at, um, let's see, I think it was San Diego's Rails Conf, and I was walking around talking to Sarah May, another developer, and um, she, I just said, you know, I have this idea, and she said, oh, there's some people over there that started this thing in Australia, a similar idea called Rails Camp years ago and they've been doing it for a while so maybe just yeah chat with them about what they're doing or what they're up to so it kind of started from there I went over and talked to them and then they said you know it's yeah it's very similar to what we're doing you should just make a USA version of it um, on the west coast and they said that you know a few years back someone did it once on the east coast but they never really continued doing it so um, so yeah I kind of just randomly said I'm gonna do Rails Camp USA and then on Twitter and then it kind of just grew naturally and then um, some other organizers on the East Coast stepped up, um, Ellie and Lachlan, and they did one on the East Coast uh, the year after I did my first one. And so, so okay, that's so interesting that you're talking about it and you're like, I really like getting together with people, but the conference, it sounded like the, the traditional conference mode of being in a building all day was not what you really... It wasn't necessarily completely fulfilling, or you wanted other options. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like I, I thought it was cool. A, yeah, and I love that you were at a conference and you were talking to Sarah May, and she's like, oh, go talk to those people over there. Yeah. Yeah, and, she's a good friend of mine. So, I mean, just through the Ruby industry friends, you know, and um, yeah, we just, she was just suggesting that I do that. Which is, which is fantastic. And how many months later did the first uh, Rails camp? West? Is that what it's called? Rail yep. Camp USA? West? Okay. Yeah, West, how, yeah. How long ago did, and then how long after that did the did you pull off your first event? Um, well, I had it, the first event I had it September 11th, I think, that weekend, 2000 and, I don't even remember now, 2014 or 15. And so you were, it was, uh, how, how long before had you discovered it? Six months, nine months? Oh, 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 like, I think that Rails Conf was, um... I don't even remember, February maybe, in San Diego? Yeah, it's like March or April, I think, actually, maybe. Something like that. Yeah, yep. something around there. Also, like six months or something. Wow, yeah. pretty fast. Yeah, it kind, of, it kind of just, I mean, it naturally just kind of grew because there was a, there's a big, you know, Ruby community here that goes to the Australia Rails Comp. So there's all this inner, you know, intermining of all the friends. So people in the U.S. knew about it because of going to the Rails Comp in Australia, the Rails Camp was brought up in at RailsConf Australia, I'm sure, a few times, because it's very popular there. So that's so great. Yeah. And so, had you run events before this one? Not really. I've never ran a retreat or anything like that before. I just have run. I I did this thing in Minnesota once called Tech Sprout, and it was this Google for Entrepreneurs meetup. There was this place that was it's a co-working space owned by you know Google for Entrepreneurs, and they they would fund anybody's ideas to run an event and so I had this like weekly or monthly series it was monthly um that a bunch of developers would sit or like technical s people would sit in the crowd and then one person who wasn't technical would present an idea that they had and and I just thought you know everybody technical should be in the room and there should be people who are you know telling us their ideas and we could tell them like how feasible it is or how long it might take um I just Whoa. thought that, yeah, there's, in Minnesota, there was a big, mis there was a lot of entrepreneurship and a lot of ideas going on, but not a lot of technical, you know, just like people around to help or connect them in any way. I mean, it was just like a smaller community of developers at that time. So, yeah, I just did this random thing and then I was, 
That's not, great. So yeah, hadn't done really anything that so, big. Yeah, so you've done, yeah, you've done like a, a regular meetup, but nothing, I mean, you know, uh, uh, yeah. like a Rails camp, like a retreat kind of conference thing involves a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm already starting to think like, hmm, liability insurance. I'm thinking like selling tickets and food and water and transportation. I mean, I'm just, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces. <laughs> I think I just jumped into it and you know, I was like, I finally just pulled the plug and did it because I, so many people were like, oh, events are scary. You could lose a lot of money. You could mm -hmm. just, I don't know. There's just like all these fears that people were throwing at my face about it. And I said, okay, well, it could be stressful. It could be. And then I'll take it when it comes, if it is. And it really, when I had that mindset, it never stressed me out. It was so much fun, like planning it. The first two years, this year was a little more stressful because the first a uh, few years went really awesome and so I was like oh my gosh it just felt like a lot of pressure to find venues that have all the attributes that the other ones did and yeah so yeah yeah so your success sort of created a little more pressure yeah forward like but the so venues specifically is hard to find venues that allow all the things that we that we've had right well so I'm, I'm, I, I want to go back to what you said about how people were throwing all the stuff at you about events and probably good and, you know, well-intentioned yeah. and, and, and probably, I'm sure, accurate from their experience. I mean, events aren't necessarily always easy, but I love that you have this mindset of, uh, okay, I'll just take it as it comes. Yeah. It's pretty much what made me start it. I just had to have that mindset. It was just like, well, that's not currently happening to me, so I'm just going to move forward. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's not currently happening to me. I am me. You are you. It's not happening in my world. Let's go forward. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to, like, strategically think about how you're going to sell things. And I made sure that my tickets covered all of the, you know, main expenses, which would be the bus and or the, all the things I promised, which was a bus and... Um, the lodging and the lodging included the food so I just made sure the tickets covered that and then I just well yeah, yeah. so I want to break this down a little bit more because uh, you know I mean I know your spirit I and mean, we've known each other for gosh about like three years now mm -hmm. um, we met when you came to Sandy Metz's um, food and sea class yeah um, I think it was about three years ago wow so um, and I, I know you just have this like irrepressible spirit um, and I love that mindset like that's not happening to me right currently to me right now and mm -hmm. so you know so you just started to do it you're like okay forget it I want to do this so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and do this um, and with, with organizing that first event what was the hardest thing about organizing that first event? It's funny to think back. Um it wasn't even marketing it because there was already like this crowd there that didn't, yeah. that was kind of excited about it. Um, I'd say just like stupid things like t-shirts and like getting the sizes correct and doing like, I know that's really dumb, but I remember organizing it and like having to recount things and stuff like that. And then I don't think, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I don't think that sounds dumb at all because it was um, the least I, fun I'd say. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. I mean, t-shirt <laughs> stuff can be actually challenging. I know I spent one whole fall trying to get the color of a of of one element of a graphic um, correct on a t-shirt, and eventually we gave up yeah. because it looked so horribly fluorescent and wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I I mean, I I spent the fall on it, <laughs> and then yeah. we were like, let's just table this for now. <laughs> so I think I think it's hard, right? There's like all these components and you know, you know, from the t-shirt and then making sure you get all the right sizes and fit and all, there's a lot of stuff. So, so that wasn't, yeah. I'd say it was just sort of like maybe tedious and detailed. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, the other stuff was just like fun, finding the venues. It was the first venue that I actually traveled out to and looked at. The other one, the second camp, I did not. And it was even, it was just way cool and I didn't expect it because I was like, whoa. That's great. So you went out to go. Yeah, it was your first yep. day. You're like, let's go check it out. Yep. And how did you hear about the venue for that first one? I think I just, I didn't research that much that year. It was my first time. And, and honestly, looking back, that is like the grossest camp ever. And I can't believe people had that much fun. <laughs> like, the, like the actual cabins. Like the cabins were so gross. I can't imagine people. Just like people had so much fun. They didn't even, I mean, I'm sure they, you know, were like, holy crap, you know. 
but like no one really complained and everyone had a lot of fun when they left and you know there was not I sent out surveys no one really mentioned I said if I was to get um, I think one of the questions was if the cabins were nicer would you pay more like what are the things that you would pay more for and people didn't it was like five percent like <laughs> only five percent said I would totally pay yeah. more for a better cabin yeah people just thought that was like totally out of and that's what kept, keeps me planning them and having them at summer camps because there's so many other retreat people that like just get totally swamped and get totally like taken over and meaning like they stop doing them because it becomes stressful and expensive and having these kind of venues are are just like the food is all all there because they have chefs already and it's just camps are just easy and I'm really glad people don't mind that they are at them and they well, still yeah. come. It's so interesting because I, I spoke with um, Saran Nidbarak, if you know who she is, and you know she does Code Newbie, yep. and she did um, she recently did her first conference, Codeland, and I had her on the show, and she told me that um, one of her mentors, when she thought about starting an event, and a lot of people had the same things, like what are you doing, what are you thinking, you know that kind mm -hmm. of thing, and she went ahead anyway, um, and um, one of her advisors told her, you know, to think about the experience. Like, what kind of experience do you want people to have? And my sense is that even if you hadn't thought, I don't know if you thought about that um, consciously or specifically, but the experience people would have, but my sense is that they didn't care about the, the, the gross room, so to speak. I'm air quoting over here. Mm -hmm. um, they, they didn't care because it was the experience that you provided for them. Yeah. I think it was just... Yeah, it was just, like, fun. And, I mean, camping, you could have stayed in a tent, you know, if, if you really wanted the next year. Um, but still, people just, you know, maybe, like, two people camp, and they just stay in the cabins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, a lot of times we think that it's about, you know, the best food, the best accommodations. And really, in the end, what I'm discovering um, by doing this podcast and talking to people who do event planning um, and, of course, do event producing, that, that it's really about the experience. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that, that, that's awesome. And so was there ever a moment when you had, you know, planning the camp or during the camp when you were like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? Or this was a bad idea. Maybe like, not really, but at least slightly, like when everybody was coming, there was actually, <laughs> there was a, there was a forest fire and, no. and I was driving into it and the bus was about to drive in it and I knew people were going to start being like, uh, is this is this going to can be canceled? Like, I mean, I was straight up, like, driving past, like, through helicopter. Like, I came from a different angle than other people did the first year. So I went straight like through it. Like, the slurry? Like, I mean, like, were there, like, helicopters? Like, yes. Like, slurry, you know, like, they're <laughs> dropping, like, stuff around Yes, you? like, all around me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? So those were moments. I mean, that was uncontrolled. Most of this stuff was uncontrolled. Like, and then when I got to camp and I was setting everything up and people were coming and... And I was like, oh, I didn't really think about, like, uh, I don't know. There's just, like, little things. Like, the bus all came at once, and I was, like, trying to say hi to everybody, and I looked like a crazy person. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, hi, hi, hi. Like, you know, and that was the moment where I felt like I need people to help me next year, or I need people the day of. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to the forest fire. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still, like, with, like, the slurry and the helicopters. And the, I mean, like, I'm like, is there flames? So I have to go back. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm not ready to move on from this. So, so, so did, okay, so many questions about this forest fire. <laughs> okay, so first of all, it's like your first big event, and there's a forest fire. Did you know, while you're, before you drove in to the forest, like going to your site, did you know there was a, far, a forest fire going on? Well, we knew that in California they were having forest fires, but I didn't yeah. know that this one had spread into the Stanislaus National Forest to that extent. Like, I think it was within the first, like the, you know, few days um, leading up to it that it was like, pretty bad but I kept calling camp and being like are you you know is this still okay and they're like yeah it's not even here yet but I mean the whole camp it was smoky the whole weekend it's not for even sure. here yet I love that <laughs> it's not even here yet I mean we're fine yeah so wait okay so so you called the camp and so you start driving and when you what what are you seeing when you're driving like, like are it, you seeing smoke are you seeing flames yeah I, I mean assume you're not when I got to flames. the heat of it yeah when I got to the heat of it I, I don't remember if I could see like a hill of flames but but it was like, you know, like the main region of where it is starting. And I think I have videos I could probably send you, <laughs> but it was black. It was like the very, very bad part of it. 
And so wow. when I got to camp, it was less. It was kind of like a, you know, the sky looks like tornado-y, kind of like a weird color. Yep. It was kind of like that, and it just smelled the whole and weekend. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, I you know, I lived in Colorado, and I mean, even when there was some, when the Boulder fire back in 2010, I could smell it five or ten miles away at my house, like, in, you know, way out in East Boulder. I mean, it was just that the, the smoke was just in the air for days and days and days. So I'm familiar with forest fires, unfortunately. Um, yeah. You know, living in, in, in Colorado near the mountains. Um, so, okay, so it was black at some point. And, like, so when Pete, okay, so you got there and you're like, okay, uh, it's fine. But you saw the helicopters and all that sort of stuff as you're driving in. Yep. And what about your folks? Were they aware of what was going on? Like that I was out there? No, that the fire, that, that there was a forest fire. Like, oh, I like the whole group? I, yeah, I don't know what's happening. Maybe they're drinking on the bus. I don't know. Like talking um, with each other. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone knew that coming in. I never like published on Twitter or was like, hey. I mean, because it was kind of <laughs> on the no news fire. that there was fires in the region, yeah. I guess. And I didn't really say... Because I didn't know until kind of straight up driving there that day that it was like, you know, pretty bad. Well, it's hard to tell, right? Unless yeah, because you, you watch those fire maps, but who knows? Right, exactly. Like you can look at the fire map, but sometimes if you don't, if you're not familiar with the area, it's kind of hard to tell, and then it's also kind of hard to tell, like where it's spreading, and then also the winds and what you can smell. You know what I mean? It's very. I think it, they can be very confusing to mm-hmm. know sort of what's happening. So people weren't overwhelmed by it. They weren't really. It wasn't a thing. No, I mean, it, I mean, I think people were like, yeah, but it was like. Just even thinking about this story now, like, I forgot. Just like the cabin that they were crappy, like, I forgot that there was even this forest fire going on. This little thing called a forest fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what, what, um, so do you know what happened with the fire? Like, were you monitoring it during the weekend or did yeah. you? And the camp does too because, you know, they right. have people always kind of watching that. And how close do you, do you know how close it got to you? Uh, it wasn't far. I mean, it was probably like less than, I don't know like not even 600 miles or anything i mean it must have been like 100 miles or so 100 miles that's not bad i know i was was like well there's no way you were within five miles of it because no no evacuated you but yeah Yeah. it's within you know 100 miles i mean you don't know what things how they're going to turn how they're going to advance the winds yeah so okay got it i think the second day of the retreat there wasn't much smoke in the air anymore it was kind of like smelt a little bit but i remember being like blue skies in all of our photos when we, we went on a long hike and so yeah Wow. All right. So, you know, I guess uh, you can check off how to handle a forest fire during an event <laughs> yeah. retreat off your list. Yeah. Because the next camp, there was actually a forest fire in that area as well. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There, it wasn't as close, but there was, it was, we couldn't see the main, like when you drive into Idaho where the second camp was, there's this beautiful mountain range that I really wanted, you know, it was like the main part of why I booked it in that area. But the forest smoke had actually completely like fogged it to <laughs> for the most part they saw it on the way out and the way we went um oh what's it called whitewater rafting and they saw it that day but the main day coming in it was smoky oh interesting wow so two years in a row you had forest fires. yeah i think it's you know just that time of year <laughs> yeah how many and how many have you had now is this the one coming up is the third one. That's it. The third, third mm-hmm. one. Okay, so yep. this will be your, your third one coming up in the uh, beginning of September. Yep. Um, and where is the next one? It's in Golden, Colorado. Yep. And so this one, have you seen the camp uh, as well or no? Nope, I haven't driven to it. This yeah. one has a lot of images, though, because they do run weddings at it. So they have, like, really nice mm-hmm. image gallery. Paintings. Yeah. Got it. So, I mean, it sounds like... Well, other than the forest fire, that sounds like your first, and the, the, maybe the cabins being a little grosser than you would like, mm-hmm. it sounds like the first event went pretty well. Yeah, people just had, like, a lot of fun, and just awesome, people wrote blog posts about it, and just their experience, and it just, yeah, it just felt, like, really good, and when I left that, I was like, wow, like, there's so many things that came out of this, and all I wanted was an event like this to go to, and I just kind of did it, because no one really was, and so... And there was just so many more things that came out of it since then. Like, I just really just wanted an event like this to go to. And then all these people came into my life and new friends and just connections. And, and then I see all these other people still friends that came to it. So. 
Yeah, that's so great. I someone has a word for I, um, somebody I interviewed actually talked about. I can't remember. There's like a phrase, but it's sort of like a, a selfish, you know, invention. You know what I mean? Like you you wanted to go to this event, and so you created this. You know, you created the event so that you know you could go to this attend, event. And I think that's fantastic. And do you, would you say that this was? Was, would you say that this was sort of the beginning of wanting to be more of an event producer or no? Is that, did it take a while for you to think, oh, I want to do this, you know, sort of on the side of my other work, like, yeah. you know, on a more regular basis? Yeah, that's a good question. I felt like after planning this Rails camp, it was really stressful towards the end. And I honestly didn't think I was even going to do them again. All events. Uh, wait, so you mean after the first? No, no. The first after oh. nope. After this third one. Oh, bad. Okay. Yeah, there was a lot of other things going on in my life though, like just a lot. I think I was just extremely busy, and I, I just I don't know. I think I got so overwhelmed that I was like, "What am I doing? I I, I can't do this next year." And this is a good break. I'm gonna take a break for a year, but now I don't at all feel like that. So. <laughs> Interesting. So so when did you? So you felt like you wanted to be an event producer after the first one, or is that been kind of just growing? That's been growing, I think, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I can't say when exactly I felt more, more like doing, doing different things. Okay. I think after just exp- like, just um, wanting to curate experiences, and that just kind of turned into be events. Is yeah. is more so? I I know that I. I think I think in a way of a design, a design way, but I'm not like a writing, you know, graphic designer, but I think I'm a designer in experiences. I love that. I mean, I think that's a really great way. I think that a lot of the best conferences or retreats or events that you go to, I, I feel like people think about it from that, that way, which is really wonderful because it is so easy to get caught up in all the logistics, Yeah. right? I mean, you know, I know because I, I do sort of, I mean, I, I manage and produce events, you know, for my clients. Um, and it's so easy to get into the place of checklists and I got to do this and I got to do that and, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and we consciously try to step back and say, okay, what kind of experience will this create? We, I want to be clear, you have a full-time job. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so you're, you have a full-time job um, as a software developer, right? Yep. Yep. And then you have, you produce events. Yep. Don't you do other stuff on the side too? Yeah, I teach at um, an online web development school called Block. Yeah. So I do that. Yeah, you you do a lot. That's yeah. the, the, the reason I mention that is just because um, I, I feel like there's a lot of times we feel like, oh, I don't have time to do something else. But I mean, I there's plenty of people, and a lot of the folks who've come on the show have done a ton of side stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of their stuff is si- are side projects. They don't really do it primarily to as a primary way to make money. And so you do this on the side. It ended up getting. Um, products and sponsors from food and from soap sponsors like I get into the small little details like that and that saved me money from the sponsorship money that I got for specific goods as snacks and beverage let's say yeah why do you can we talk about like that's so interesting I really get into getting sponsors like can we talk about that because I feel like that's such a cool interesting mindset because I think there's a lot of people who would not enjoy that Mm -hmm. tell me what makes you get so into finding you know those product sponsors um well first well kind of goes into why I started my new event which we'll talk about but I really love small batch products and I really love finding just cool things like that and just different products and I don't like going to places um even hotels and anything that has like Doritos and like Coke and just I mean Coke's fine (laughs) Coke's fine or like you know Mexican Coke or whatever but I don't know I'm just not like a big brand person whatsoever and I know that's a generation thing and and just trying to find things that are cool and interesting. And so I wanted to find those people that are local. Some of my products I brought in were not local to the event local, but um, Minnesota, I mean, um, U.S. made. And just people doing cool things. And I wanted those, just say an avenue, or I don't know, just a different outlet for those people to market their products and bring bring their products to show people that do care, because I know that most of us um, like that. And... So I wanted to have interesting things, and so I just got really into it. And 
just kept finding different like whenever I go to grocery stores I take pictures of, of logos of cool granola bars that I haven't seen before and I and it's I email true. them. It's true. I've been with you when we've done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always just trying to find cool little makers and I want to bring them. Um, and I, for a while I got so into it during that first event that I wanted to make software where I just started to collect all of these products I was finding and make just a simple Rails app that is like not styled at all, just like search for a state and then what kind of thing you're looking for for your event like um club soda or you need a certain kind of yeah if you want coffee beans or um oh. yeah breakfast granola for an event you have maybe breakfast at and so you just i wanted to have this like database where you could search in it and then find all these cool local things in your town that you could use instead of just going to costco and getting um or, or any grocery store and just getting a massive amount of things and just kind of partnering with these people. Wait, so did you create this app? No, I never did, but I really wanted to. Uh, I was like, that's a, I'm like, <laughs> I want that. Yeah. Event, all the event producers are like, where's that app? Yeah, I really just wanted to have that for people who run things because there's so many events. I mean, when I worked at yeah. Intuit, you know, events every single day, every team, and they just, and then every team has snacks and all their snacks are from big bulk things. And I'm like, oh, it just really bothered me. So I definitely didn't want to have big bulk things at my, at my retreats. That's so great. You totally have to create that app. Okay. Anyway. Um, okay. So I love that. I love that you really got into that and, 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 and that ended, ended up helping you financially, but it was really your love of helping connect people with like unique products and finding them and, and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. That's really fantastic. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's talk, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, so you do have, um, a new event that you're doing. Yep. Tell us more about what that is. Okay. Before I get to this though, I wanted to mention one thing overall yeah. that's important to me for any event producer. A lot of, I've seen this at other conferences I go to where people who have started, like who are independent and made their own series, is they get really caught up in um, when they get to their actual event that they've been planning months for, they get to it and they don't experience it with everyone else. Oh, yes. That's such a good point. I'm so glad you, you, you paused on that. Yeah. So I really focused on all of my events, the first one specifically, I made sure, and it really made a difference for the people there because they loved that I didn't, I wasn't, um, or I just was like another attendee. I totally didn't, I wasn't stressed when I was at it and experienced, I experienced it fully each time. And I think that's why I've been able to keep doing them, to be honest, because I don't, because yeah. I get to go to this. This is the thing that I've been wanted. That's why I started it. So but a lot of people do that. A lot of people start these things and they get excited and they are like running all around at their events and they don't even come out and do the activities or anything. And I really, really, really tried. And it's, I'm really glad that I, that I actually thought that that's intentionally thought that I should not. Um, that's so great. That. It's probably, a, it, you know, you're probably right. It's probably a reason a lot of folks burn out or stop doing them Yeah. Um, because they don't enjoy necessarily being at that event and so how do you think you've been able to do that like what did you what did you do to be able to enjoy the event itself well I think just mentally saying I'm going to do that I know that's mm. but like just literally focusing on that and then you know have everybody cliche thing but like having everything prepped you know before you get there um, and just the fact that I have it at camps and they have staff and you don't necessarily pay extra for the people that they bring you know you just pay for the venue and then the food comes with it so um yeah so you sort of I was gonna say like I feel like having help is so 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 important and you can do that by hiring people or having a volunteer or yep. I love your method which is you the, the, the people come the help comes with the camp yep so that's really a cool thing about camps and then um the day of and just certain things throughout the camp you just kind of delegate and say like hey do you mind doing all the um like we have Q&A chat now at the end of the at the end of the days and so I don't ever interview people so I l allow other people to interview people at the Q&A chat uh, moderate I mean um and then just a f like a few other things I've had some help with this year with some emailing and some I always get someone to take the task of um finding the bus and planning that whole bus 
thing out. Like I just, cause that's something very simple. They don't need to know like anything about the, you know, engineering or like, I don't know. Like it's kind of hard to write up email if you're just like my boyfriend wouldn't know or my parents. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, you have to have someone else who understands our, what we're doing. And so like last year I had my boyfriend do the whole bus situation. And then I also asked someone to, when the bus gets to the airport to, you know, delegate it to be the bus, there's a bus person and they just make sure everyone gets on the bus. Like I don't go to the airport, you know, like. That's so great. Yeah. I just mean, delegate volunteers. Getting help, getting support, I think is so important for, um, I mean, for all side projects and then like for event producing again to, to enjoy it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like, um, that's so important for folks to, mm -hmm. um, I think actually think it's interesting for lots of folks is like enjoy whatever that part of it is. Cause there's all these other like sort of particles or other things around. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like for me, I have a lot of stuff to do for the podcast that I'm still learning, you know, like mm -hmm. iTunes and naming and editing. And, but I so enjoy these talks so mm -hmm. much mm -hmm. and I make sure I enjoy every moment of it. And I don't really worry about, oops, that was bad or that we screwed up or whatever. Like, yeah. oh, well, <laughs> yeah, but I really love that, for, especially for event producers. Yeah. So that kind of leads into like what made me think of it is because I, I finally launched my new thing because I understood how to accept help and how. Oh, that's so good. I didn't really know how to like hire, quote unquote, other people to help me. I didn't really, there was just a few times I tried it and I didn't, it didn't work out at all. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do, out of the, I don't know if I personally have the capacity to do um, something with this idea. And now that I kind of trust a few different people that I've, that I've been working with, um, that I felt more confident about, about launching it because I know how to like, just how to set up, uh, yeah, partnership, not partnership. Cause it's not really, it's just them helping, but I don't know. Just kind of think that's how, how I run launched it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, tell them what this new thing is. Okay. We were talking around it. We, Sorry. <laughs> we don't know. They don't know what it is. <laughs> I know what it is, but I want them to know. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a new un um, unplugged series. So just like Rails Camps Unplugged to no internet or cell phone reception, but I wanted a wider audience and it's an unplugged the title is unplugged retreats for makers and so the first theme is only for female makers so literally women who make things with their hands or want to learn so that can be photographers writers all the way up to like you know generic quilters weavers wood makers stuff like that so that's kind of the, the overall series will just be unplugged retreats for makers and that'll change. The themes will always change, but the first one is just for, for women. That's so great. And so how do you, uh, I guess, just tell us more about, you know, Yeah, why well, I started it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt like all this time doing Rails Camp, I put so much into it and there's, I feel like every, or I know that every other country doesn't have the same organizer every year. And so ah, there were, yeah, okay. so there were times, um, just because I've been in different articles about it or on, on different podcasts and like, talking about it. And I just really don't want people to think that I'm trying to say that I started it. And, and so I get, I just had a lot of insecurities about that for a while. And mm. I just thought, you know, I'm putting so much effort into just getting these things out there that I do. And, and it's great. It's, it's selling out and it's fine, but there's, there's more things that I want to do with my career and it feels like I'm just running a franchise and I want to get way more creative with it. I want to be able to charge differently for the value that I put yeah, in. Yeah, it's like you have more ownership if you start, Yeah, right? and I right. can always change it and I can have workshops. Like Rails Camp never has workshops and that's great. I love the way that it is, but I wanted to do, you know, different different things all the time. And I don't think there's only so much you can do in an event that it is what it is. So, So that's why I started kind of a new series in the first place. Oh, very cool. All right, got it. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, and so... And people is, get confused. Yeah. Sorry, and can people get confused with the name Rails Camp. They do not need to be a Rails developer, like, whatsoever. But still, people just right. assume right away <laughs> that they can't go to it. And I just really want to people, or new people, to be coming to, to these things and stuff. So that's why, also... Up with these unplugged retreats for makers, and the first one um, is coming up when it's September 18th through the 21st, and it's also in Idaho, it's in Worley, Idaho, on Lake Coeur d'Alene. It's is Wor Worley, Idaho, yeah, Worley? yep, it's an hour from Spokane, Washington Airport. 
so I'll just have, you know, a bus. Oh, cool. Yeah, a bus will get people at Spokane and then just bring them. It's just about an hour. And how do you find these places? Okay, so the first thing I go to is the American Camp Association website. I go there. I search by state. There's Every state's on there. So I usually search, like, all the states that I think are have, you know, beautiful landscape. Um, I go... Yeah, just go through the list. I've saved a lot now, you know, that I really like. And just keep an eye on their dates lining up. And then from there, um, maybe then I'll kind of choose on a state. That was that was, took me a while this year for Rails Camp to figure out what state I wanted. And then once I figure out what state, then I just also do Google searching. Like, you know, I usually don't have it at retreat centers, but sometimes I'll search and see just what their pricing is like and stuff. It's usually more, way more than a camp. Sometimes not though. It's it's give or take, but. Well, and when you, I was just thinking about this. When you um, when you book the place, do you have to put the, a deposit down yep. for it out of your own pocket? Yeah. So this this one at Rails Camp, I had to put the most down for the for any all the camps that I've booked at. And that's not scary for you. It it wasn't because <laughs> because I sold t- I opened up tickets right away. Oh, got it. Yeah. And so I had about a month, I think, t- to actually pay it. And so I just posted tickets the day that I, you know, signed the contract. But I didn't have to mail the check, you know, for a month. Oh, that's smart. I was yeah. going to say, wow. I mean, these because, you know, these deposits can be a lot of money. Yeah, so this deposit was like almost six grand. That's a lot of money. And the other ones were only like a thousand or something. And so oh, then, okay. so that's why I posted that Rails can't dick so early in the year is because of that. Yeah, I got to Just so to protect can, myself. It, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean... You know, you're, 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 you, uh, I don't know what you call it, you're confident or, you know, to, to go do off and do that. That, I think yeah. that would hold a lot of people back. Yeah. And you have to like protect yourself. Like things come up, like, um, in terms of like how I've made money, it was, it was kind of like just like when I'm trying to protect myself, like all the things people warn me about, you know, like the camp can, last year the camp said, oh, there's another, after we signed the contracts and everything, there was a loophole, and they said some people want to rent the camp out at the same time you do, and some of the cabins you're not going to be using. And I was like, oh no, we're not sharing the camp. I definitely didn't want that to happen, and so I had to pay, you know, like an extra two grand, you know, and that's without, um, get, you know, that's without me ma- not even sure if I got all the sponsorship packages fulfilled yet. So, oh wow! Yeah, you so just did you get? Did you were you able to then? Did you just bring in more people, or did you just out of like sponsorship pay for that two thousand dollars? I think that this. I don't remember now. I think I think I just used some of the money I made from the year before to cover that. I think so because yeah, I didn't we were get thinking the, about the experience, right? Like yeah, you, you were like, well, I don't want other people yep. to camp. That would be bizarre. So yeah. now you, I guess you've learned. Like, are there going to be to ask the question, right? Mm-hmm. Are there other people going to be at this camp, or do we have the whole thing? Yep. You learn, you learn lots of stuff as you do it, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Who would know that even mm-hmm. to ask that? Yep. And like, there's so many other things. Like, where is the fridge when you walk in for the people to put their... Because people go and we stop at like um grocery store and they can pick up any drinks they want because we don't provide any alcohol. So if they want to pick up anything... um the first year, they were, like, walking through the whole kitchen, putting their stuff in there, and that's, like, totally not okay. <laughs> like, like they went they went with it and, like, were whatever, but that's, like, not, that's totally not a food violation, you know, like, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, it's not a, yeah, yeah. Health, health code. <laughs> health code. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I'm curious, wait, I have to ask a question, too, about the alcohol thing. Do you not provide alcohol because of liability or because of, a, like, a license? I don't know if, like, there's licensing or something. I'm just curious. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't for liability reasons, and it's expensive, so I don't. I don't go there, and a lot of the camps in Australia weren't. Like, some of them do, and some of them don't. Or the, not just Australia, but the other countries. And so I just, everyone's like, you know, it's not a big deal just for your first event. And I've just continued doing that, and it's people haven't really said anything. I mean, for the amount of money more it would cost me, that I would have to charge them is not really worth what they can just pick up for, you know, like some people might not even drink, you know, and it's so hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've had, I've, we've had, I've hosted like happy hours at our, our courses and it's hard to know. Like we always end up with like bottles of going home with like a bottle of wine in our backpack mm-hmm. because I never know how much to buy and you never yep. know what people are going to want. Yeah. But I also think it changes the tenor of the event too, mm-hmm. because I mean, 
I mean, I'm sure some people might buy a lot of alcohol, but you know, I think it changes it if if the event is not sort of it's not all inclusive or expected or centered around that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like it probably changes the experience. Yep, for sure. So okay, so so now you're you're running. Um, so you've got Rails Camp going. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got it's called Lodged Out. I don't even think I said the name of my new event. Oh, the oh, the Unplugged Retreats yep. Maker. Yep, yep, it's called Lodged Out. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love Sorry. It. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Great marketing. <laughs> We're so into the like the details of it. Uh, yeah. No, it's all good. We'll we'll make sure to include all this information at the end of the podcast for everybody. They don't have to be writing everything down furiously um, if they want to go. So you've got lodged out. You've got the reels camp. Um, and also, don't you do other events in um, in Minnesota too? Yeah, so I just it's just an evening thing. Um, we're not even doing it monthly, just kind of when we feel like it. But we really wanted to. Um, my friend Jamie and I we partnered on it. He used to own an ad agency in town, and now he's independent, creative, and does like any project you can give him. He'll he'll do it. Like he'll help with your Kickstarter. He'll help design something. Help you make a website. Yeah, just like he's just this really cool creative. Um, friend that I've had for a while, so we partnered on on the idea, and it's basically it's called What's this event. It's called yeah. Doing Stuff. Yep. And it's a series for um, conversation series. So we'll have four, you know, three to four panelists that'll come, and we do them at you know coffee shops. The first one was coffee shop, then the next one was a brewery, and we just have them just straight up stand or sit in front of everybody, and then. We'll have a theme, like the first theme was like fear or um, failure has another theme we've had. And so we just say, you know, like, what does this mean to you? And then they'll just start talking amongst themselves. And then we'll have people in the um, the crowd ask questions. But it's just this organically created conversation. And then just really authentic, real conversation has come out of them. Right, about something that like, you know, fear and failure, there's such common human you know, conditions or concerns. And how do you pick your um, speakers? So we wanted them, most of the people to be, um, you know, influential in a way. So they're known for something. So we wanted that. um, Main reason is because people, you know, see people like it's people do it every day, like on social media, like, oh, their life is amazing. And oh, they (laughs) like they've accomplished all these things in life. And I'm so jealous of them. And we just both of us hate that. We just know that there's so so many real things that people are going through and real, you know, they they just didn't get or didn't just get there overnight, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stories that people just have don't know. And I just think that's why. Right. So we found influential people that we think are doing interesting things. And, um, and you know, going forward, people that, you know, didn't have the easiest, you know, not just like upbringing, but easy. yeah. I mean, I think it's easy too these days. I want to, um, I love what you said about like social media. It's so easy for it to um, disconnect us not only from others but even from ourselves like oh look at their life it's so great mm-hmm. mine's horrible mm-hmm. or, and we don't really know the the background stories and we can use totally so disconnect us. yeah so I wanted people to feel very empowered when they left to just start something that they've been thinking about or just talk with someone that they have either idolized or thought was really inspiring and and talk to them you know and so that's that's why we started it, I guess, and just kind of has been an experiment. We didn't really, you know, it's not like this, like, super planned out idea we've been thinking forever. It just kind of was like, yeah, this is, like, something we think would be really cool in this town. Um, I think would really enjoy it. And um, so far, it's it's been really fun. It's been a lot more surprisingly, like, something that, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, this sounds great. I'd love to help with this and make this happen. But I didn't think about, again, just like I didn't think Rails Inc. would, like, change my life. It's just there's certain experiences that I've had at each of them now that's just been, like, very empowering to me. So That's so great. I know. I always, I, I've, seen, I've seen you talk about these events uh, here and there, and I've always been like, oh, I wish I were in Minnesota to come to these events. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at this point, you, you know, you have, like, three different kinds of events going on. Yeah. That one's taking summer break, doing stuff. It doesn't, you know, it's not super overwhelming. And Jamie does a lot more than I have in the last couple things, just because I've had a lot going on. Um, so that's been good. It's been having a good partnership, but, um, but yeah. yeah. So that event you do with somebody else, but the other events yeah. you basically do on your own. Yeah, I do completely. That you talked about. Yeah, so the first two events I pretty much did completely um, by myself. 
and then some logistics like getting closer to camp some people bring stuff or like yeah like take care of the bus and stuff but at the end of the day but the end of the day yeah the end of the day all of the research and all of (laughs) just just emails every everything you know talking to people announcing things selling tickets it's all on you yep yeah everything liability yeah it's all on me yeah so it sounds like but it sounds like you yeah i started a business account so i mean i have a whole business that's a also an LLC that I've run all this through now so yeah, it sounds like you don't mind that responsibility though no I don't know why it's just I I think I like just trust that people are coming <laughs> I don't know <laughs> uh, we'll go back to like um, I'll take it as a come that's what's yeah. currently happening to me yeah I love that I think I want to put that on my wall like that's not currently happening to me yeah. I worry about when it comes because yeah. Someone over here is a little bit of a worrier at times. Like yeah. I'm a strategist, right? So I'm like, everything is planned out. I mean, I can do things in the moment, but I plan things out. And yeah. I can totally see how I could borrow troubles or borrow worry. <laughs> Particularly when I was in my 20s, I could borrow worries. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Um, and I think it's so great. Whenever you're starting like a, ba- a side project, I mean, in an event is a big thing. There's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's not like... You know, my side projects are much smaller. There, you know, there's no one else involved. I mean, you know, that if no one clicks on something, it doesn't really matter. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of there's responsibility on your shoulders, mm-hmm. and I just love that you have that attitude. I think it's yeah. a great attitude. Thanks. Yeah, I think another thing too, I, um, I I kind of trust. I think I trust myself that I will strategize my way out of a problem. Not strategize my way, but. When I, f- when I feel like, oh, something's not, like, for example, so Twitter has been not as helpful at all for selling tickets, it's and so, or sponsorship whatsoever, like, posting that I need sponsors, it's very rare, this, it happened this year with Rails in the end, like, I posted something, but typically, since the election, it's been very difficult to get any sort of interaction at all on Twitter, so that was my, that's always been my main source of, of getting the out. Oh, before this. Oh, God, it's before it was, and now it's not. Yeah, for RailsCamp included. And now with Lodged Out, I mean, most of my audience isn't, like, hand-making women, you know? So it's like, so I feel like when these challenges come, for example, I trust myself that I have just something with my brain. This has always happened to me since I was little. When I hit moments like that, that's when I get ideas. And I just immediately, I'm like, I'll go on a run or something, and I'll be like, oh, fine, I got an idea for this way to get out of it. Or, or an idea, or it just like pushes me. It gives me this like weird push that gives me an idea. So I think I've always trusted myself that like I'll take it when it comes because I know when it comes I'll have the idea to to figure. I feel like trusting yourself is such an important yeah. thing just for everybody. Yeah. Right. Like you have to trust yourself. Yeah. And a lot of us don't, right? Yeah. And I think that if we don't trust ourselves, we don't take big risks yep. or sometimes even small risks, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we stay stuck in a job we don't like, or we, we don't go after that thing that we really want to do. Mm-hmm. We don't go out and create the thing that we want to see in the mm-hmm. world, be yeah. it an, an app or be it, you know, a camp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So going along with just taking it as it comes, because I really believe if you do trust yourself, when it does come, you'll be able to figure it out. Like, for example, you know, after the election and things started, stopped happening on Twitter, did you just trust that you would come up with another way to get that to happen? Yeah, like, um, I just started doing more personal emailing, personal, like, invites and asking friends to, you know, hey, do you know if this person or following up a lot more with people that came last year? Just, like, a million different things, I think, came from came from noticing that, um, and with this now, with Lodged, with Lodged Out, you know, I, I put it out there into the world. But again, the whole, my, my audience is on Twitter and it's not necessarily the audience that I should be selling to. So I had to be like, oh, okay, I need to get on Etsy and I need to be messaging people that I think are doing cool things. I need to get on Instagram and messaging people on Instagram privately that I, f- that I find are doing cool things and then find their emails. And then I hired my friend to help me now um, just emailing a lot of people we think are doing cool things and inviting them. So just... You know, that idea all came right in the matter of like, not like a panic, but it was like, okay, that's not going to actually help me sell tickets. I need to totally do this other, yeah, so a lot more focused, work. Yeah, you're just focused on the objective. And when, you know, when you get a roadblock, you just sort of turn and go, okay, yeah. how else can I solve this problem? Yep. And I was and like, this is going to be a lot of work. So it just hit me and I was like, okay, it's going to be a lot of work, but this is what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> 
So what? So was it a lot of work? Yeah, it's been a lot of work. To be honest, it's been a lot of, um, yeah, just computer, being on my computer much more, which is like not what I'm trying to do with my life. <laughs> um, so it's just been a lot of, a lot of that, that, but it's good. I'm glad I did it. You know, I had been talking about it and wanting to start something and I just, you know, I'm like, okay, it's cool. And now I need to hire someone to write these emails and I've set up templates for exactly kind of what I want to say to these women and these different sponsors. And now we've been like, yeah, she's been my partner for most of that whole moment when I was like, okay, this is going to take a lot of work in that area. So I was able to like focus on what it exactly was I needed help with. Also a lot of flexibility too. Mm -hmm. You know, like I did this way, that's not working. Okay. I'm going to try it a different way. Yep. Again, all in service of the vision of what you want to see in the world. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Related is following up with people. Like, I know it's that simple, but, like, I followed up with people three times sometimes. And and it's just so important to me. And I think it's a very simple thing that people think, I don't know, I just have told so many people that advice. Do you think they think like they're pestering or they're like, they should just yeah. say it once. And I think that's true. A lot of people mm-hmm. like, we don't want to follow up. Yep. Maybe it's awkward or I'm, I'm going to be, un- mm-hmm. I'm going to come across wrong. Yep. It's a rejection thing. And I, and I've read a lot mm-hmm. of books on that. And I think that's what's helped my mentality for doing these things. Because if people can't, I'm immediately like, no worries at all. Like just wanted to reach out and no rush on answering this. Like I'm very much you know, I just release the rejection. I don't, I don't relate rejection to anything. If someone can't go to my events or they can't sponsor it and I ask, I just ask. I straight up ask so many people for different things and you just never know. So I think just, I think my biggest piece of advice is following up and asking no matter how famous someone is or how like big the company is and you want to partner with them, you seriously just never know. Is all I have to say. I know. I love that. Wait, so do you, um, can you give us the name of a book or two you read about rejection? Yes. Well, the main one is called Rejection Proof. Yep. And that guy wrote um, basically his story, a personal story of like releasing rejection from things because it's very different than failure. Rejection and failure are very different things. And so he explains it in his book about how he just sought out experiences to be rejected at. So he would release the like the physical feeling we have with rejection the physical emotional feeling we have with it he um and i I think ever since i read that book and a few other thing training like personal development training things that i've done that i just really don't have an emotional connection to to rejection proof was one of the books that you read that you recommend for folks yeah it's like a weird business thing that relates to business you know like a weird thing that you wouldn't think it's like people think it's like a dating thing and i'm like no that's like life <laughs> oh no, i feel like yeah. yeah rejection is like a life thing i mean oh yeah it's everywhere and i mean i think if you it's business it's if you want to do any sort of fulfilling project or anything that's meaning and especially for that because think about it you care about it so much it's like your baby even if you're not sure if you're going to get paid for it risking rejection for it might feel really hard right Mm -hmm. thanks again so much for coming on the show i really enjoyed having you yeah thank you this is awesome